1: All right, so we are still basking in the afterglow of AirVenture 2021. Uh, Dennis was there on site, and uh, I, I don't know. We could probably fill up an entire year of episodes of Just Plain Radio by just uh, sharing little anecdotes from the big event. Uh, Actually, so, that's
2: my goal here. <laughs> is
1: it okay? Well, it, you'll, we'll see how long this lasts. But we'll uh, stretch
2: it out as much as we can. I mean, we ran into a lot of people, talked to a lot of interesting, uh, you know, companies and product ideas, and so I'd love to get you know some of them on to talk about what they can do to help everybody, you know, make their flying and training uh, that much more enjoyable.
1: Okay, well, then, which brings us to our first guest, uh, longtime friend, first time listener, or uh, probably I don't know. Uh, because he, you know, we run into him every now and then, and you know, uh, we go way, way back. Patrick from Cirrus is with us right now, and, and the reason we go way, way back is because Patrick and I actually started our flight training at the same time years ago, and uh, we had this kind of like a uh, slight rivalry that I knew I was going to lose, and of course I have. Uh, but but we've stayed up uh, today. It took him a while to kind of get that first certificate which i'm still working towards by the way but uh but now he works for cirrus aircraft and uh, is kind of a big guy uh in the industry and he was out there he ran into to uh dennis at air venture and you basically said hey, what's the deal with greg is he ever going to get his certificate is that the conversation that went down patrick or what
3: yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, it. hello everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just goes with the territory. Every time I see Patrick, so Greg, how's it going? I'm like, oh, I'm same place as I was before. It's like, man, you are a loser. Come on, dude. And it, you know, but eventually, one of these days, we're gonna, I'm gonna catch up. But I don't know. You keep raising the bar higher and higher. Now, not only do you have your private pilot certificate and you're working for Cirrus, but You're well on your way to what, uh, working towards a commercial certificate or IFR? Where where are you at in your flight training there, Patrick?
3: Yeah, so I'm about halfway through on the IFR portion of things. I actually take my written next Wednesday. Oh, nice. I actually feel fairly prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, Been flying a lot, shooting approaches, uh, racking up some cross-country time. And I think the highlight so far this year has been... Uh, not only finishing the certificate, but flying into and landing at Oshkosh for the first time,
1: oh really? you did that at the uh, at the big show this uh, this year, huh?
3: Yeah, I hit the green dot. It was not my prettiest landing, but uh, all, all three wheels on the ground, and nothing got bent.
1: Oh, what were you flying?
3: Uh, we were in an sr twenty two turbo. So we were wow. able to get up there and get above some of the smoke that was blanketing the, uh, the country and you know limiting visibility. So yeah. it was uh, quite a nice flight, and uh, landing there was quite the thrill.
1: I bet. Was it a little uh, nerve-wracking being the first time and that kind of thing, or were you just so focused on your training, like, I can do this, I know, you know, know the rules of the road, so to speak, and, and I, you just nailed it? Well, you said you landed on the dot, just like they instructed you to do.
3: Right. They did. They did. Uh, they actually gave us the Warbird arrival, which is you know less crowded than the Fisk arrival. So uh, it felt pretty confident going in there. Just yeah. as I was getting ready to um, you know get into my final kind of configuration, uh, they asked me to continue down the runway and hit the green dot. So I was a little bit out of config, and uh, it was just not. Was not as smooth as I would have liked it.
1: Okay, but you still landed on the dot. That's all that matters, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and so what was more hair hair raising uh, the, going into Air Venture or leaving?
3: Leaving. Okay, for that's certain. what I was gonna.
1: I was gonna yeah, guess absolutely.
3: that. With all those line planes FPY'd trying to line up,
1: up yeah, at once, it, it, it can be a bit of a Charlie Foxtrot, as we say <laughs> in the biz. So, is that kind of what you encountered, or or what?
3: Uh, actually, you know, kudos to the the folks at Osh. You know, the, the guys that are working uh, the ground and uh, helping folks depart the fuel services out of Basler were fantastic. Uh, they lined us up too wide on the runway and uh, spaced us out, and uh, we we departed on the one five zero and uh, just headed out over the water. And life was good.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't too crazy. I mean, it's not so much taking off two by two like that. But once you take off, you're supposed to follow a particular flight path, either straight right. out for what five miles or something, and then you tour, do a turn. But what never fear or you never fails to happen is that uh, a pilot or two doesn't seem to hear that secondary instruction and has a tendency to turn sooner than they're supposed to. Is that what you encountered, maybe or no?
3: Not really. It was pretty. It was pretty straightforward. It was yeah. literally like you had to turn to, to a heading of one five zero before you you know reach the control tower and. Uh, We followed that direction and we stayed wide of the airplane that took off in front of us as they were a little bit slower and uh, just continued on our way. Yeah, I think the most disconcerting thing is, you know, as a new pilot, not talking to someone Right. as you're kind of getting out of Class D airspace and heading down towards uh, uh, Milwaukee uh, and you got to get down 70 miles or so before you can talk to anyone.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a little different than any particular, you know, aircraft or, you know, airport across the country because they basically tell you what to do and you better do it. And, uh, there's no talking back. So, in you know, a in a sense, that kind of makes things it's more like strange, right? right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Take out the garbage. Okay. Yes, you dear. Just, yeah. You just put your head On down your and start in. walking. Right. Okay, so uh, anyway, well, that that's great. I'm glad you you pulled it off. It sounds like it was a great adventure. Uh, all the indications that we've received from the air show is that it was wildly successful. Is that what you encountered with Cirrus and, and your crew as well?
3: Yeah, I would say we we are estimating it to be our very best show in terms of sales. I mean, if you look wow. at the numbers that EAA put out, six hundred eight thousand attendees. Yeah, ten thousand aircraft. You no, know, coming and going. I mean. It just blows your mind that they're able to do that safely year after year. Right. No no
1: question about it. And uh I, I'm very happy, you know, for the industry overall. You know, with all the, the news in the world and then you you pull off an event like that and it goes so well and people enjoy themselves. The people came out, they enjoyed themselves and, and just had a blast. And that's all we've heard. And and that's good not just for the overall, you know, uh activity of going out there and You know, enjoying enjoying aviation and being an enthusiast and that kind of thing, but just good for the industry overall, wouldn't you agree, Patrick?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the thing that that we we were also quite successful in, um, and I think a lot of other companies that were out there uh, showcasing their wares was we actually recruited a number of new employees while we were there. Really, Um, and as you know, the aviation industry, like everybody, is is looking for people, talented people, and uh, Cirrus is no exception.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I figure you guys were doing so good at Air Venture that you're going to be making more and more of these aircraft. You're going to have some extra ones, be able to throw one under the table to me, and I'll actually uh, get an Air a Cirrus and, and learn how to fly it. That's in the plans, right? That's on your agenda. It's, that's that's uh, you know, uh, it's on the drawing board or something, isn't it? He's
2: that's- getting the Matchbox airplane, right, Patrick? <laughs> oh, shush, you. <laughs> you're I can to- get you that on Amazon.
1: Okay. I uh, yeah. Yeah, They
2: got the Vision Jet. I've seen it.
1: That's right. That's Well, yeah. What about that? Are you going to end up flying that thing too, eventually?
3: That is the ultimate plan for 22 is to get a type rating.
1: Wow. So, I mean, first off, you got to get your IFR cert, right. which you're going to hopefully get as early as next Wednesday, you said, right?
3: Well, that's the written test. Oh, the I've written. Okay, a fair amount of cross country to rack up, but uh, plan to get that sorted here pretty quickly.
1: And and then you'll get the certification and the IFR for SR twenty two Cirrus. What are you got to do to get to a Vision Jet?
3: Well, I mean, generally, if you have your IFR, you can go ahead and get your type rating in the Vision Jet. Yeah, I'm taking the extra step of getting my commercial uh, rating after the instrument, uh, mainly so that I can assist in flying corporate assets uh, hmm. to and from Duluth. Um, and then from there, I'll get in line, uh, hopefully, to get a type rating in the SF 50 Vision Jet.
1: Wow, that is awesome. We got, you know, I've flown in one. That counts for something, right? <laughs> you it's, did. it's sun you and did. fun, uh, thanks to Patrick. I knew Patrick. He felt bad. He, you know, felt sorry for busting my, you know, balls there so many years. And, <laughs> and he goes, Greg, I'll tell you what, let's uh, send you up in the Vision Jet there at sun and fun. And you can at least begin the plane while we rock the wings at the crowd flyby. And what an experience it was. If you ever have the uh, option or or offer to get up in a Vision Jet, let alone buy one and be an owner, uh, take it. It'll change your aviation outlook. Well, Patrick, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for the update. Thank you, guys. Great to see you both. And we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted
4: exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
0: The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
3: If you build an airplane and people are afraid of anything that flies, you can't just take the wings off of it, because at that point, all you're left with is a really slow, super expensive bus. We built an airplane. We got to fly it.
1: Airplane, airplane, don't you go down today. Take me away, off to a better place, you know. Soon
3: I've important
1: things that I must do. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. Hey, we got to give a little shout-out to the folks at Flight Aware. We had them on the show, what, a couple weeks ago? They put us in their newsletter, which was nice. And mentioned that, uh, hey, you ought to check out this goofy little show these guys do called "Just Plain Radio," um, they're, they're not half bad, so uh, evidently the check cleared. Dennis, how about that?
2: <laughs> hey, good news for both of us.: Yes,
1: please. there you go. Yeah, but you know, if you have the you know uh, wherewithal to share our little show with your friends, your aviation enthusiast friends, we appreciate every little uh, bump we can get. It, it and all we helps. apologize in advance. Well, exactly. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Dennis is actually getting with the routine now. I love it. All right. A couple little uh, tidbits to share. uh, Other than that, Uh, you know, Dennis was at AirVenture and ran into folks like, you know, Patrick at Cirrus and a whole bunch of other folks. Uh, Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to share this little antidote from our buddy Jim. I don't know if we can get him on the show today, but he posted this on Facebook and I thought it was hilarious it just goes to show you how small our industry is and how distant we can be at the same time. All right. So he, he works for one of the commercial carriers and, uh, I'm not going to say the name of it, but he, you know, he's kind of a big guy, uh, both physically and literally. <laughs> and, and, uh, in the industry, he's big, you know, he's like a captain or first mate or what, I don't it's know what first officer. first officer, or one of the big uh, airline guys. Right. And, um, He's been doing this for some time, and then he, you know, goes to Air venture, goes to Sun and Fun, hangs out, does the whole camping thing. It's his big, you know, vacation that he does a week or two at a time when those events are taking place. And he's always fun to hang with, for sure, as you've heard on Just Plane Radio before. But he uh, he posts on Facebook that he, uh, you know, is one of the perks that they get as being working for the commercial air carriers is that he gets to fly You know, free in the jump seat sometimes as a crew member when he's not working, right? We've talked about this many times before.
2: He does that not just when he's not working, but sometimes to get to work. Uh, True. His base is not where his home is, and so Uh he has to actually commute. And so he'll hop, uh, you know, an open seat or a jump seat on his airline or any other, uh, you know, area carrier that has some, uh, you know, code sharing or you know, they 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 definitely allow the captains to travel on other airlines just on a reciprocity basis. So right, he gets it's, the opportunity it's to one fly. of the
1: perks of being a, a captain in that line. Now he was on his particular uh, company's carrier, and he was running someplace, and he was talking about this, and uh, he got on the jump seat, and he introduced himself to the pilot in command and uh said hey man uh you know thanks for letting me do this and we start talking He says you know you look really familiar and he goes yeah you do too and he he goes we didn't make any connection we just like yeah you look familiar but have we met well i don't think so and so you know they they take off and start talking as he he's very uh social as a as a pilot enthusiast himself and about halfway through the flight they realize that uh, that not only had they seen each other before at some point or at least online it was his boss of two years <laughs> he had never met his direct boss face to face or you know hadn't made that connection until they started you know chatting it up about an hour or two later and he realized like oh wait you're my boss <laughs> i've been working under you for two years and i guess this is the first time we we uh, met face to face nice to meet you
2: well, oh, it's probably a good thing that he wasn't uh, bad-mouthing management. Exactly. Like that, oh, you know, my gosh. To the, to the captain. Oh, my God. My boss is so terrible. There <laughs> there
1: could be more to this story, knowing Jim. But uh, he posted at least that much publicly on Facebook, and I just thought it was hilarious that <laughs> he ran into your boss of not just you know a week or two, but literally two years because of this whole COVID stuff. He had never really met him face-to-face until that uh, that jump seat flight. So uh, well, and there you I go. bet
2: we're going to hear more and more of those stories just as we become less centralized and working from you know, offices and being more work from home or work remote that we may be reporting to these people for years and never actually meet them in person. Right.
1: It could happen. Uh, just be prepared. Be careful what you say. If you find yourself in that uh, type of situation, if you're working for one of the carriers like that, and then, and, and for the record, as far as I know, he's still employed. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, you know, hopefully, I, 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 maybe hopefully I should say, <laughs> but I, I love the story and it's, it's so Jim of him, you know, it's, it's, it's such a classic Jim, uh, type of story. So anyway, we'll get his thoughts on that whole thing here coming up at some point, I'm sure. Uh, he's still decompressing from Air Venture himself, you know, does the whole camping thing and that kind of stuff. Now, you flew back commercial, but you weren't doing jump seat stuff. You don't have that type of perk in, uh, in your pocket just yet.
2: No, being host of a radio show doesn't count uh, as far as uh, getting flight deck privileges. As right. much as I would like to, you know, hand out a business card and a sticker and, you know, trade that for a jump seat. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm.
1: But you did have to fly commercial. You weren't even flying a Cirrus jet, but you had to fly commercial. But they got you back to Fort Myers from Oshkosh. But uh, did you have a cocktail before the you ban? Know, <laughs>
2: So, you know, you and I have mentioned this a number of times how, you know, as much as I would love to have a rum and Coke on the plane, cause you know, it's free yeah. uh, if you've got the coupons and all that kind of stuff, but. I I never do because I'm always hoping that there's going to get that phone call one day that you know over the PA is there anyone on board that knows how to fly a plane and I can actually you know go up and take that jump seat and you know help fly the airplane cuz you know the captain So that's why you don't drink something.
1: your free drink in first class is yeah, because you're afraid laughs,
2: <laughs> yeah, my wife laughs at me for that but you know it could happen it has yeah. happened come on well, it happened dreams.
1: on yeah the air on airplane the movie but uh yeah. Yeah, I um, don't know.
2: You, you never know.
1: Yeah, but you give the drink to your wife when she's flying with you, and you you, you don't bother. It
2: helps calm her down. She doesn't travel well in the first place.
1: Yeah, said. well, she ain't going to travel at all now, I guess, after the the news of this week. Well, you
2: you know, we were talking on last week's show about the uh, FAA having a public service announcement poster saying, you know, you could buy this new truck for $35,000, but instead you're paying a fine for punching a flight attendant. Well, now Mm -hmm. they're actually begging the airports to stop giving to-go cups of booze to passengers on the airlines to help control the amount of liquor going into the airplane.
1: I didn't know they were doing that, but I'm going to ask the bartender next
2: time. (laughs) I didn't know you could get it. Exactly. That's awesome. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it may uh, be too late now. I don't know. We'll see how this uh, unfolds. But yeah, well, they can't you know cap down on these uh, incidents that they keep showing on the local news channels across the country of of this uh, fight on a plane or or duct taping
2: uh, passengers yeah, because I mean, they're unruly and or you know spouting off about how much money their parents made and right. all this kind of stuff. It's like really. Just get on the plane. You'll be there in three hours. The people in the back are going to get there the same time you do. Just... Yeah.
1: But don't cut off the booze for the rest of us that can manage. I don't know. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Not a big fan. But we'll have to see how it uh, progresses over time. All right. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane
0: Radio. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle they always listen to the tower they never question the authority of the tower
1: well the tower's telling us to hold well
0: so so what about that <laughs> just once i want to hear the tower's telling us to hold but uh you might notice i'm rumbling along the
1: grass <laughs> If you look out the right, you'll see those aircraft lined up on the runway.
0: Uh, the tower keeps telling us we're number 19 for takeoff. I say we're number one. What's the tower gonna do? Hey, you! You can't exhibit that type of behavior. You're right. I shouldn't have done that. No, I should have listened better. If you need me, I'll be up in the clouds. A pilot to know that move.
1: This is Just plain Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. And just uh, sharing some, you know, stories that we've come across, whether it's at venture or our own, uh, you know, flying lifestyle, especially Dennis. I mean, he lives in an air park down in Fort Myers now. He's living the dream. And uh, everybody je- is jealous. I, I am. And uh, which brings us to our next guest. Is that right, Dennis?
2: That's right. I actually have one of my neighbors uh, on the phone today. Yeah, um, Eric is uh, actually one of the first people in the neighborhood that I met uh, when I was first looking at the air park. And Eric's been flying for about seven years as a private pilot. And uh, he'd actually never left the state of Florida in the entire time that he's been a private pilot. All of his cross countries and everything has been within Florida. Well, uh, he is definitely taking advantage of GA in a big way. Uh, and him and his wife just completed a cross-country from Fort Myers to Quebec,
1: Canada. Wow. Okay. that That's one way to get out of the uh, state, let alone the country. Eric, welcome to Just Plane Radio. How are you?
4: I'm very good, Greg. How are you guys
1: doing? I'm good. So do you feel French now or something now that you've uh, went to Canada and Quebec and the whole thing or, or what? Very worldly. Well, I,
4: I am actually French-Canadian.
1: Oh, okay. Well, so it was like flying home
4: then in a sense. Yes. <laughs> exactly, that that was the purpose of the trip Go see the family and the kids and everything
1: Okay, alright, so you're on a mission So, you, you know, they had something pulling you To that part of the uh, world Or that part of the planet But that was your first time out of the state of Florida?
4: Yes, that was my first time uh, I, uh, like you said, I've been a pilot for a little bit But uh, I always had like an old champ Which was not a real car, cross-country plane, you know Yeah And uh, about a year and a half ago uh, I Purchased a Piper Arrow, which okay. it was a little bit more of a cross-country plane, and I always wanted to do the trip. But with COVID and all that stuff and Canada being closed, and um, I never got to uh, travel much.
1: Until then. And then you said, hey, uh, we're going to make this happen, I guess, right?
4: Yes. They were going to reopen Canada on July 6th. And uh, I said, uh, let's go. And uh, Dennis helped me out. We sat down, planned the trip. Dennis helped me out with all the paperwork, and um, he, he was a really great help.
1: I, well, I bet. You know? I mean, look, he can tolerate me. Trust me, he has the patience of Job. <laughs> I know, know that for a fact. So uh, I, I got to ask, Eric, so this was your first, you know, flight in an aircraft like this outside of the state, let alone to another country. Or were you a little intimidated? To take on this challenge, or just was it just a matter of like, okay, I'm going to hunker down, learn what I need to learn, and uh, execute? How did that work for you?
4: I was intimidated. I was, uh, you know, I had to look at it as a bunch of little cross countries, you know, uh, two and a half hour flight, three and a half hour flight, yeah. you know, and I took it one step at a time. And we, uh, I won't, I won't say over prepared, but we were so prepared that. When I decided to leave that morning, I was confident that it was going to happen, and everything was going to be
1: everything was going to cannot, be cool. Yeah,
4: it cannot be more perfect than it got. You know,
1: excellent. And so you took your wife, and uh, is that it? Your wife was your co-pilot, or what?
4: Yeah, just my wife as a co-pilot. Yeah, and uh, we were uh, we were checking the weather. We're supposed to leave on Sunday morning, and on Friday I started looking at the weather, and I told uh, my wife I said that. Uh, I think we're going to leave tomorrow, which was a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we left the day early because the weather was going to be just perfect the whole way
1: up. Yeah. I mean, was she is she a pilot too or no? No. Nope. So nope. she was going as a passenger and she felt comfortable with letting you do this for the first time. Like, okay, honey, I trust you. Or was it like something that you had to have her sedated or anything like that? Because I think that'd be the case. <laughs> Uh, with I'm my one spouse. of the lucky
4: ones that my wife, she loves flying, she loves aviation, she yeah. loves being the plane, she trusts me 100%. And she has no fear whatsoever of uh, being a small plane.
1: Okay. So the insurance uh, is paid up and she's good to go. I hear you. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean,
1: was there any kind of surprises along the way that you didn't expect that kind of said, okay, here we go. Let's, uh, I, I was planning for this. I know what to do. Or did it just, like you said, it was like smooth sailing the whole time?
4: It was smooth sailing, besides uh, a bag of chips that exploded inside the plane, which was a a little funny. A Uh, bag of chips? Like potato chips? I guess when you get an altitude, they blow up, and then uh, the bag blew up, and then as a pilot, the first reaction is, what the hell just exploded, you know?
1: (laughs) Wow. I've never heard (laughs) of this. Is this a thing, Dennis? Oh, yeah. You know, the bags are are
2: sealed, right? Right, right. With, you know, with air to keep them from spoiling and yeah. from getting crushed. Well, they do inflate. They're like, just like in scuba diving, if you fill a bag of, uh, with air at the bottom and let it expand as it goes up, it'll blow up. Well, that's exactly what happens in the airplane as you're climbing. And so mm. I've never heard of the chips actually exploding, but I guess that's got to get your attention, the loud
1: pop
4: in the back of the right. airplane somewhere.
1: Yeah, you're looking at gauges and, and uh, iPads and everything. And I was like, holy crap, what happened?
4: Is yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I heard the boom, and it was actually right behind my head on the back seat. Oh, wow. Yeah, top I'm of sure. all the luggage. And uh, the first thing when I heard the boom, I kind of got spooked. And then uh, my wife started looking around, and she says, there's Doritos everywhere in the Yeah, place.
1: you want a chip? <laughs> we're good to go. Oh, brother.
2: Uh, snack time.
1: Yeah. How high yeah. were you up when that happened? What kind of about altitude?
4: About uh, 7,500 feet.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. I guess it could happen. I, I, I haven't heard of this happening. Yeah, it's never happened to you, though, Dennis. Has it where it popped?
4: Not
2: not yet. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, suppose it could.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously it does. It's a thing. Uh, but your Piper was doing uh, how many knots you figure average on your track? I
4: was about uh, 138, okay. 138 knots. So-
1: yeah. So a nice leisurely uh, run up to Canada, which took how many hours in, in the air you figure? When you put them all together? Uh,
4: about 11 and a half hours each way.
1: Okay. So, all right. So you did it in a day each way. You didn't stop?
4: No, we did stop. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, we stopped on the way up, or we stopped on the way back. Um, I just didn't want to push it, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially my first, my first big trip. Right. And then uh, I wanted to be daylight, and I didn't know how the customs situation was going to go when I get to Public City. Yeah. So I didn't want to get there in the end of the afternoon or evening, and then, you know, you don't know if you're going to be stuck there for a while. Right. So I just took a chance. We stopped in New York, uh, somewhere in New York State, and uh, we got a good night of sleep, and then the next morning we left, and it was uh, everything perfect.
1: Flew into Canada, and and then did they make you do anything for COVID or show papers or what? What would you have to do? Oh, uh... yeah.
4: We had to get it prepared uh, way ahead of time, Yeah, and uh, we have to – Sign up for a thing. It's called Can Pass and Arrive Can. There's two. uh, Arrive Can is COVID-only related, and the Can Pass is more uh, custom border protection. Yeah. And they were more worried about COVID than anything else I could have had in the plane. I can tell you that. Mm. They were, uh, were, yeah, we had to get a COVID test uh, 72 hours before we get there. Yeah. We had a COVID test the day before we left. And uh, we looked at all the paperwork, and we had our vaccines, and um, it was sufficient for them, and they let us uh, let us go home.
1: Well, there you go. All right. Well, that sounds like quite an adventure, you know. So, I mean, I think we're just scratching the surface. So, we're going to talk more with Eric, who's a buddy of Dennis's down in Fort Myers at his air park, like a neighbor and you know fellow aviation enthusiast. And we got more with him next. Stay close.
0: How is it going with a plane? We managed to help someone with it. But in so doing, the engines were damaged beyond repair. You won't fly? I wish I had better news. But we'll find a way to bring you home.
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, the co-pilot. That's me law, Captain Dennis and our special guest, Eric, his neighbor at the air park down there in Fort Myers where they both reside. So Eric just got back from Canada literally just like a week ago. Is that right, Eric? Yes, that's right. Okay. So it was your first time out of Florida, let alone the country. So it was quite a way to uh, master a cross-country flight adventure. And um, you, you had a blast. You kind of went through the whole, you know, plan. I said it went off pretty much without a hitch, other than you had a bag of Doritos blow up on you. Is that a, is a hit in a nutshell, you think?
4: Yes, pretty much. Okay.
1: Now, so uh, during the uh, break, though, uh, Dennis is telling me, though, we you went up there, you hung out in Canada and Quebec with uh, family and friends for a week, had a great visit. And then when you left Canada, all your friends went to the uh, went to the airport and like did a big send off
2: around. Greg, it was actually on his way into Canada. He had cleared, landed into Quebec City to clear customs, and then flew to his hometown to the small GA airport. And that's where he, all of his friends and family had gathered to meet him and his wife at the airport. Ah, and I to thought welcome that was him. really neat. there's okay. no, no pressure on him. You know, I'm sure they were watching him land. And you know, had he have known, he probably would have been more nervous about uh, about the, how his landing looked to the neighbors. But.
1: Right. Yeah. Are, do you have a lot of aviation friends up there that do this type of thing, or are you kind of uh, kind of the odd one amongst your mm-hmm. friends?
4: No, family. I have I have few friends in Canada. Um, I have four or five uh, pilot friends, and um, all these all these pilot friends in Canada. It's funny because it's all the same people that when I was a kid, we all had radio control airplanes. Mm. And after thinking about it, we flew radio control airplanes. And got to think, of, you know, later on in life, that all these same guys are all pilots today.
1: How about that? So were they yeah. uh, critiquing you as you uh, landed in your local airport there in Canada, or, or were they just there to welcome you And, and with No, open they arms? were
4: just there to welcome me, yeah. and uh, we came in. Actually, when I left Quebec City after uh, you know, getting the custom paperwork all done, uh, the GA airport I was landing at is about 10 miles from my hometown. Okay. So my wife was looking out the window, And she says, oh, here's the airport. Are you going to land? I said, no. I said, uh, I want to go to my hometown first. So I went and kind of buzzed my hometown. Hmm. And then I came back. And that's when we came back. We landed. And, you know, landing, taxiing, and everything. Didn't pay much attention. And then I look up, and, yeah, my goodness, everybody was there. Uh, Parents, family, friends. Are you sure they they weren't just
1: upset and went to the airport? Like, who is this idiot just flew over our hometown? we got to go give them a piece of our mind. It wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I kid. I kid. Did they send you off as well? Did they show up at the airport when you left, or did they not make much of a, a thing when you yes, took off?
4: We left at, we left the airport early morning, and uh, when we left, we had um, uh, three of our couple of friends, uh, six people that came. Uh, it was my dad, and then we have uh, two other couples that came and uh, watched us leave right No, uh, i took off and i did the little wing whack uh, bye bye about that uh, it, it was awesome
1: nice well it sounds like a great experience so you would rate the hospitality you received at the uh your, your local airport up there in canada and your friends and neighbors down there in fort Pierce. how would you say the folks in florida are nicer or more uh or, or your folks in canada I'm putting you on everybody, the spot. Right?
4: Everybody was nice. Hey, even when I came back, uh, we had the whole greeting again. Dennis was there with a golf cart with an American flag waving and uh, <laughs> we had a couple more buddies and then uh, we got greeted by the golf cart as we landed back in Fort Myers and then this home. Uh,
1: it
4: was, uh, it was, Ten out of ten, both ways.
1: Okay, well there you go. Good political answer because you you yeah. you have to live with uh, Dennis and your fellow neighbors there at the Air Park in Fort Myers. I, I hear you, uh, but but that sounds like a great adventure. You going to do it again? You think? Or... Absolutely.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd like to get a faster plane, but in the meantime, this does a great job. Yeah. And uh, if we get a faster plane, we get another one. If not, I'll uh, this one will do the job pretty good.
1: Right. And it, once again, it was a
4: Piper. What? Hyper Arrow, which okay. is a uh, retractable gear Cherokee.
1: All right, yeah, and that's a uh, uh, that's a four seater with luggage, right, Dennis?
4: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
2: basically the same as the Mooney, just a lot slower.
1: Uh, okay, slower. <laughs> it has, doesn't it have a bigger uh, uh, fuselage than your Mooney, though? No, it, is it, it the it same? They're
2: about the same. they really oh. are pretty close to the same.
1: Okay. Well, okay. There's you, that.
2: We'll put it side by side. The next time you're down here, you can come come sit in, in the arrow and compare.
1: Right. So you have that aircraft, uh, Eric, down there in Fort Myers now. Do you have uh, like a Cub uh, plane as well, or is that your main aircraft now?
4: Yeah, I, I have a, uh, a plane similar to a Cub. It's a Champ. Uh, we use that on our slow right on weekend when, like, a Harley. You want to ride, but you don't want to go anywhere. You just want to, you know.
1: You just want to fly. And then just exactly. go and just play. I mean, do you go and just, with, with a cub like that, you, you can, just, or a champ, I should say, right? Which is same kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. do you uh, go off into some remote areas in Florida or sh- places where you could just drop the plane down? Like, hey, let's picnic air. Do you do that in your aircraft or no?
4: No. My champ, actually, is a tricycle gear champ. So it's got the, uh, the nose wheel. And uh, it's not that great for remote area. Ah, Okay.
1: All right, it's not that yeah. kind of thing.
4: So you, no, you just but like to, hunt, you know, we, we jump from little airport to little airport and we go hang out with people and
1: yeah, Taco Tuesday and Arcadia and that kind of stuff. Have you exactly. done that one? Yeah, yeah. Do you got any other uh, regular places that you hit outside of Fort Myers that you like to do that type of stuff or no?
4: No, well, we go to um, Cluiston. Clueston is about twenty five minutes from Fort Myers. And uh, that's where we went last weekend in a nice little airport, and we have people that we know there with a great uh there's a guy that has a hangar. it's basically like a hangout
1: yeah hangar. okay.
4: We just sit there and drink sodas and eat cookies.
1: Drink sodas and eat cookies. All right. Well, that's not really a Harley kind of vibe going on there, but hey, well, it works. They, for they it. do have the <laughs> skydive
2: operation that's going on there. Okay, there you a, go. a taco truck that makes great breakfast sandwiches, so it is definitely a destination. Okay. Uh, I recommend heading to the Airglades Airport uh, on Saturday morning and just watch the skydivers. It's well, fun.
1: Well, we got a, a press release of a new restaurant down in uh, Marathon, right? Maybe. Is that too yeah. far for where you are? You can get down oh, to not, Marathon. Not at that. all.
2: Marathon's about a half-hour flight from
1: here too yeah Have you have you ever flown that far down from where you are in that uh in that champ uh
4: not in the champ no i well i've done it a few times i've done to uh the um uh, an airport in uh, summerland key with the champ i've been there maybe 10 times and i've been to marathon a few times with the champ yeah yeah when I do those trips, especially the you know, distance over water, I'd rather have the faster planes. Over. Well, they, of course. Over water.
1: Yeah. And the and the wife, he probably would like to take advantage of the uh, restaurant there. Yeah. What kind of restaurant do we know? It's going to be in that new hangar in Marathon. Is that right, Dennis?
2: Yeah, from what we know uh, right now, I don't know what the type of the restaurant's going to be, but it's, it was a, just a, an announcement that the Marathon Airport is continuing to see you know record growth in both the jets and, and piston airplanes. And so they are adding an extra hangar, but they're also building an on-airport restaurant. So mm-hmm. I highly encourage those because now we have another excuse for a $100 hamburger. Right. Uh, you know,
1: Yeah, by the, the any, way, what was taste? the hamburger cost up in Quebec uh, for you? Well, that would have been like a $100,000 hamburger,
4: wouldn't it? From
1: Fort
2: Myers, yeah, they're
4: pretty expensive. Even yeah. though we have the money exchange there, they're pretty expensive, right? And,
1: uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but
2: you factor in the eleven hours of flight time to get to that hamburger up there. You know, it made it pretty pretty steep. I bet. Yeah, and actually, I don't yeah, even it think means-
1: it's hamburger. Isn't it back bacon or something like that? What do they What do they call it up there in Canada? What do they have? The donuts, you
4: said?
1: <laughs> donuts, and back bacon. That's, that's all yeah. I know. <laughs> and they wear toques. That's that's all I really know about Canada. That's all I got. Yeah. Eric so How sorry.
2: about the imported beer though, Greg?
1: But you can't fly and do that. You gotta no, no, you st- can't do that. Stick to the soda and cookies, according to Eric. All right. On that note yeah, we're gonna wrap it up. Till next time. Remember there is no better high than learning to fly.